Corey's that uh, his 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 old man, um, uh, you know, dad has to, once when he wants to go to the DM when he has to go to the DMV to get his license renewed. He he makes he makes Frank drive him up to the one in Mesquite because <laughs> uh, you don't have to make an you don't have to make an appointment. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's so far. We have so many of them here. You have to drive an hour and 15 minutes to get to Mesquite. Like, wow. right, whatever. <laughs> Not what I would do. Not no. how I would spend my time. No, I would just make an appointment. But, hey, that's just me. I don't know what's going on there. But, yeah, stay away from Mesquite. Will do. Sit back. Rax and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's the Beer Engine podcast. Uh, Tony, uh, you're you're going to be shocked to know this. I don't know how much you're keeping up with the with the news over there in in Australia. But it turns out that not it's not just Budweiser that's gone woke. It's not just M&Ms that have gone woke. It's not just uh, the Democrat Party that's gone woke. What about Ford it's like the whole or freaking Adidas? Ford, Adidas, uh, 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 Coors. Um, DC uh, shoes. A and W bears with the bear with the pants on. Um, it's actually the entire dang uh, justice system and government actually to have gone woke tone. Um, well, because they, uh, they made a, they did, they did, they're trying to do woke justice on our special, our special big boy president. They're doing special justice on Joe Biden. Mm, no, the, um, the other, the, uh, the real president. Oh, you mean Barack Obama, who who is who is controlling Joe Biden? Because we know how that's pre- how it works. Or are the you president talk- of Kenya? You mean? Um, no, I meant I mean um, Don, Donald. Oh, or, Donald J. Uh, the Trump, guy from, the guy, the guy from The Apprentice. Oh, the guy from The Apprentice. Oh, yeah. This is what happens when you pay off a porn star when you're trying to win an election. Yes, they are perhaps some of the weakest charges against him, but they are also probably, if you had a regular justice system, he would be found guilty because that's exactly what he right. did. Now, I, I was going to say this feels this feels like it's in the in like not even it, I mean because it's him, it's it's high up. But I don't know if if uh, you had if you equated the the power component that this would even fit in the top ten goofy Republican sex scandals. I would say this is maybe not even in the top 25. But that doesn't really matter. It really matters about the time it happened. That's really the important part. It's not the fact that he paid somebody off and he paid somebody off politically. That happens all the time. But in the run-up to an election where you can potentially influence an election, that's really the issue. It's a timing thing. And you can say, oh, well, it's just a timing thing. It's just a technicality. But that's the fucking law. How many laws yeah, are just a technicality at the end of the day? That's the real. I mean, there's obviously a million things about it, but it is funny that this is the thing we have to wring our hands about. But the um, the I also enjoy the um, the CNN like extreme hyperbole oh. uh, posting that they're doing. Like, yep. Um, this is the worst. This is the most tumultuous moment in the history of America. Not even no shit. They said close. something like that. 
And it made me made me think about the uh, the Simpsons where Kent Brockman is at Cru- Camp Krusty, and he's like, "I've been to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Vietnam, and I can say definitively this is one million times worse than all three of them put together." That is a great pull. Yes, that is yeah. exactly. The problem with today's it's really, media. It's really <laughs> funny. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is shitty and it's like pretty bad, but it feels like just maybe even two years ago ish, there was a bunch of crap going on. That was just pretty, it was pretty unnerving, I would say. Yeah, this, this and is, also, there's like a bunch of kids getting shot in the face when they go to school most of the time. So, yeah, yep. But um, <laughs> just sort of. Um, Thinking about it from an Australian perspective, the thing that we've had in our coverage, which kind of bugs me, is we've got media there reporting on the whole event, but also covering about how much media is there covering the whole thing. That's God not damn, news. There's a lot of us here. Yeah, right. Yeah. And if you're going to include funny. the media reporting on it, you're the fucking media as well. They're doing the Fox News where they're sort of not the media, media, which drives me bonkers. But yeah, it's going to be a, something that drags on forever. My hope is this. I hope this drags on for a while. I hope this ups Trump's support with the base, but works like the midterms where it um, galvanised the base but got rid of all the swing voters. Now, I'm not saying that's likely to happen. That's just best case scenario. And if the Democrats rely on that, well, they're pretty much fucked. But it, that yeah, would they be... They love relying on stuff, though. Yeah, that would be absolutely best case scenario because then Meatball, Meatball Ron um, sort of has to be in Meatball. the shadow. He's forced to be in the shadow because he can't come out against Trump and he can't use that as ammunition. It really sort of um, hinders how he can actually come come out and sort of play off against him. And, hey, Nikki Haley's announced, thrown her head in the ring. Zero chance of her getting the nomination. Mm-hmm. Zero. No. I was going to say, uh, so Tony, you you tend to be an expert here on the people in the in the uh, Republican orbit uh, and and the lawyers that that defend these people. Have you, are you do you have any familiarity with the with the um, the legal crew for Trump this time around? He's clearly, I would say, it, it feels like he's upgraded. That's... Uh, but I mean, upgraded from Rudy Giuliani is sort of a tough to. <laughs> not manage, so well, I don't know. Ru- Rudy's been Joe... disbarred, so let's yeah, make that, that clear. That's one. That's one hold up. Yeah. Um, well, he hasn't been disbarred, but he has been sanctioned where he can't actually practice. But no, these seem a lot more competent than say a John Eastman or um, mm-hmm. uh, Evan the Cor- Corcoran. Um, yeah, I remember that game. Both, both terrible lawyers. These seem really competent, which probably goes to the more seriousness of the charge and the actual personal jeopardy that Je- Trump faces rather than just a, a um, sort of corporate breach. So I think these are more competent lawyers, and there are plenty of competent lawyers that would stand up for Trump. So I w- would say these, like are, it, yeah. these are probably a, a really high, high standard of defence lawyers. So I they wouldn't expect shenanigans. They, I wouldn't expect um, OAN news anchors to be running this case. They probably couldn't get these guys to do this stuff from a couple of years ago because they just weren't. They were like, Mm-mm, you know, uh, and maybe Trump couldn't risk his good his good lawyers on 
<laughs> on the goofball shit or something. I don't well, know. I'm sure that's hard a part to think of it. that he thinks that he thinks that hard about it. It's hard to believe that he would have thought that hard. Do about you really it. But think maybe somebody did? Yeah. Do you really think that's thinking hard? I, I think that's basic structure within business. I think that's something he. he probably used all the time along. He used a lot of, and probably for different reasons. In the past, it would have been to save money using these shitty lawyers that, that bill yeah. less for their hours. And when it came to a major case, he would have got a big coat firm on it with competent lawyers because yeah, that would have been the most efficient. Because yeah. at the end of the day, he is still just a real estate guy. And as much as we make fun of him for being dumb, he's your average real estate bro. He's just a more. He's pretty much your average real estate bro. Yeah, he's he pretty much did made money on real estate um, the way most of these guys make money real estate, which was yeah. It took somebody he he took his dad's money and that helped. He lost some of it. Yep. Um, but you know what you would usually do, like real estate or any other investment, the way to really make money is to not do anything with your investment for a long time. Buy something uh, on a very valuable piece of land. Uh, accidentally, that becomes <laughs> on a part of very valuable land, and then you will have a lot of money. That's well, really that's the what, trick to real estate. That's what Fred Trump essentially did, bought all these slums. Those slums mm-hmm. then became valuable in their land, and then Donald was able to pay himself a salary without uh, getting a huge tax bill. And that's really how Trump made his fortune was through um, dodging tax on his father's estate. Well, it wasn't his father's estate no. because his father was still alive. But this is the one thing people don't give Trump enough credit for. And while you were talking that you don't think he thinks that far ahead, at least when he was younger, he was able to work around a tax code when it suited him. And um, mm-hmm. that was essentially done off, off his own back. So he is, he is smart enough to be dangerous. He's smart enough. The, um, well, that's all depressing, Tony. It's going to be – and then nothing, I don't think anything is going to happen for many months would be my prediction. No. So uh, that's pretty uh, much where we're at. That's that's my hope. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention in the US politically is um, can we um, just give big ups to the Disney Corporation for once for doing something oh for God. humanity? Like it's oh, the yeah. Disney Corporation. But the fact fuck that yeah, they were yeah. able to fuck over DeSantis's plans this is just really amazing. You're familiar with this? That's the good corporate manoeuvring. It's not good, but it's just – it's. It's the stuff that a company like Disney has always been good at. They've yep, and and for better or for worse, right? In this case, it's like, well, they're fucking over this weirdo. You know, that's funny. Now, in the past, it's done things like, uh, actually, we can destroy all these natural preserves and yeah. fucking <laughs> obliterate the the city, these cities, or tear down people's houses or whatever. We just, you know, uh, you know what? Actually, based on these loopholes, we can do that. And this in this in this instance, they're like. All right, we, you know, we're just going to circum, circumvent this uh, pretty easily. And I just love the language in the like bill. sidestep to the left. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing about um, this this bill is enacted un- until 21 years after the death of King Charles III's last descendants. And that's just <laughs> like a big fuck you to, to, to a freedom lover like DeSantis. That language is amazing. There you go. Yep. Um. And actually, the the final thing I'll say is that uh, it was we had the the city of Chicago elected a new mayor yesterday, and actually made a good decision. Um, it is unbelievable. Who's elected now? I didn't know who uh, was. Brand, well, Lori Lightfoot is on her way out. I knew that uh, she um she pretty much alienated everybody 
uh, including her supporters. <laughs> and then um, it was between a fellow named Paul Vallis, who was a, kind of an Obama wonk, uh, <laughs> had been um, in the and had been the CEO of CPS, Chicago Public Schools. Was a big charter school advocate, sort of a blue dog Democrat, I would say, um, like a, a, a pretty conservative Democrat, one of those like '90s Clinton types, you know. Yep, corporate Democrat um, kind of thing. Corporate Democrat. Um, he was going on like right wing radio shows in Chicago, which was really funny. And um, he was everybody was super confident he was going to win, and then the progressive candidate who had gotten to the runoff with him um, took him out by a couple percentage points too. So. Uh, that's pretty, pretty funny stuff. Now, um, I mean, fuck that guy. He was going on man cow and shit. I mean, whatever. That's so funny to me that he was in Chicago and he's like, you know, what's going to work is if, if I can just win the, the suburbs or something, what are we trying to do? I don't know. What the, <laughs> those guys can't vote for the mayor of Chicago, you idiot. But, um, uh, the only trick now, and this is the part that always makes me nervous when we get any progressive person running something, you know, I'm behind it, but they are sadly have not historically been awesome at governing. No. Uh, so they are going to have to, <laughs> we have to root that they will actually do some government and not get like bullied or, or pussy out or anything like that. They're going to have to, they're going to have to hang tough here and actually get some stuff done. Yeah. I, I, it's the same in Australia. Every, every time we get a really progressive leader, he tends to, or, or she even, because we've had female prime ministers, shock horror. Yeah. Well, we've had one, Julia. Um, and she didn't last too long, but that was yeah. there was some fuckery there. Uh, but you're right; they they tend to only last a short time, and it's actually if they can enact something in that short period of time is really the key in in governance. They need get in to, they there, need to get strike some, quick, get it done in the first six to nine in, months. You need to get it done and make it show an impact. I mean, that's so yeah. hard to do. Um, and, you know, so I, I'm, I'm rooting for it. You know, I don't live in Chicago anymore, but uh, I still have plenty of connections there. So rooting for that to work out. And I know the, I know who's the next mayor of Vegas going to be. We're all wondering. Uh, I don't know. Probably some another Goodman would be my guess. Yeah, and I think we talked about that last week or we've yeah. talked about it at some point. The, the Vegas mayor doesn't hold the power that, say, a Chicago mayor does over. They're just like a cheerleader. I think, yeah. I think actually you were talking about it on TAI too. It's just like some. Yeah, no, Phobes brought it up. Oh, no, yeah. he was talking about it on uh, because the Carolyn Goodman ha- is running up. So I'm trying to figure out what kid, which kid they're gonna push yeah. out there for. for uh, all right, Tony, that's enough of that. Okay, uh, you were you were on a little uh, travels this week. I mean, I'm back home. I'm I'm sitting on my ass here again in Vegas. Now you were out on the road this week. What were you up to? I was headed for one day and one night stay, and I was going to head back the next day to the Grand Prix. Now, you're familiar with the Formula One these days because Vegas has got it. Um, I'm sure a lot of our fans are either grown up on it. Nick Talk, I know, has. Um, I know PMAC probably has as well because in in major events in Australia, he knows what the Victorian government's done. But anyway, it's a big event. Record attendance this year. It was 440,000 over the four days attended the Formula One Grand Prix. Um, It was an amazing time and... I, I loved it. Got to see a full day's worth of action. F3, F2, F1, V8 supercars was amazing. $35 euros uh, or gyros or whatever those, whatever you would call them, we would call them souvlakis here in Australia. 
Um, no, you were not talking about the money. You were no. talking about you were talking about the uh, the thing wrapped in a pita with yep. lamb meat and. You said Euro. I was like, I know, and I knew that didn't sound right. <laughs> Euro, I think, is what they, they would say, a Euro. Yeah. Um, Grilled yeah, meat okay. in a pitta. That sounds good. Yeah. Hell yeah. 35 yeah. bucks, and it was pretty pretty average. But, hey, I paid yeah. $90 for a, a, a baseball cap supporting the Aussie driver. So there you go. That's the Fair that's the cost thing. of doing business at the Grand Prix. Um, I get you. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing event. They do a really good job of putting it on. It's it, it's lovely to see Melbourne back as sort of the vibrant event city that yeah. I know it to be. And I ended up staying a couple of extra nights at my friend's place because she said, why not come to the footy two nights later? And I thought, well, I'm already down there. And the travel to Melbourne's really the issue at the moment with the work they're doing on the train lines. So I thought, hey, I've got a free bed. I'll take you up on that offer. So you go to the footy. Yeah, go to the footy. And she lives in um, St Kilda East, which is in the inner city of Melbourne. And there are a couple of good beer places pretty close to her within a couple of k's. And we went to the local tap house in St Kilda proper, um, which has 20 beers on tap. Um, I had um, a previously unreleased Australian wild sour. Um, had some great food, had some mussels and... Some white bait. Are you familiar with white bait? I'm. My assumption is that white bait are okay. I just hear white bait. I'm going to take a guess as to what it is. Is it sort of like in the range of what would they call them in French? Freecher, I think, or um, like smelts. Yes. Or like little tiny fish that you fry. As yes. You dredge them quick in flour and you fry them up and you exactly chomp them down. right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Where do you smelts s- were the ones in? Chicago area, you would get fried smelts, and they're pretty good. Where do you? Oh, you so say you're a fan of them too? Oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will. Um, you, you smelts were a sort of. A, maybe this is the case with you guys too. Uh, you go to a good Chicago style like grill. You know, a place that has like dogs, hamburgers, beefs. You get a good one, and they have smelts, especially in the summer. And those ones will taste really good. But sometimes you go to them, and they're a little slimy. They're maybe not super good and a little fresh. <laughs> A little mealy, a little overcooked. Um, you got to get them. You got to get them just right. Yeah, um, they're not that hard to do right. Honestly, no, they're you just got to get them like relatively fresh. fresh and toss them in the fucking deep fryer. But yep. um, they are delicious. Yeah, I'm 100 percent behind them. I'll eat those all day. So we hung out there and had a meal. And then we actually headed two doors down, and there's a. It's essentially a bottle shop with four four taps. They had four taps of different beer. Um, and a whole series of fridges just with takeaway beer. So I, nice. I, I grabbed myself a half dozen mix pack of some quality beer, um, sat and chatted with the guy for a while. They had a whole bunch of tables. You could sit down and, and grab a couple of pints from the taps and we did that. So it was nice just to hang out in Melbourne and have some quality beer. And then I next night headed to the footy for St Kilda's 150th anniversary because um, that was the date that we kicked off, and we had a win. It was a pretty good win because we're full of injuries. Nice. All right. So to win against the odds is pretty good because we were expected to be bottom four all day, yeah. for a lot of people, but we're currently sitting on top of the standings. And I came down in the lift when I was leaving with St Kilda's most famous supporter. He's an Australian. 
He is known for acting. Did you want to take a guess at who it is? Think of Australian actors that are known in the US for acting. Australian actor. So Russell Crowe is Australian, right? Well, technically uh, no. I'd consider him New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Uh, ooh. Australians known for acting. Like you you Man. got all the superhero guys. This guy has played a superhero in the past. He's not part of the current crop of Australian superheroes like the Hemsworths. Oh, man. Is, is, uh, I don't know which guys are which. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of these superhero movies. Is Garfield a is, – is, is he a – he's English, isn't he? He's English. I'll, 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 he was in Funny People with um, – Oh, no, whatever. Adam Who Sandler. It? Who am I not thinking of? Adam Sandler, you're not, you're kidding me. <laughs> Funny People was the Judd Apatow four-hour, like, biopic that he did with uh, his wife in it, and Eric Banner played okay, his sure, wife. Okay, sure, but why, what, are you, what are we talking about Adam Sandler for? Well, I was just saying it was Eric Banner. You familiar with Eric oh, Banner? Played the Hulk. I thought you were talking about Eric, I thought you were saying Adam Sandler was. No, I'm like, no, he's not Australian. you, Adam Sandler is not Australian. No, he's... He's, he's New York or New Jersey Jew, but Eric Banner Eric is. Banner. Yeah, yeah, okay, I know that. Yeah. All right. I didn't know he was a St. Kilda fan, but I oh. remember him being in the Hulk. Yep. He He's a massive St. Kilda fan, actually, in, in that movie. That's why I brought it up, the Funny People movie. He, he plays an Australian and all his um, – one of his rooms is done up with all the St. Kilda gear that came out of his house. That's how big a fan he is, so – I would have died if you tried. You're about. You were trying to do one of the. What was the thing? Um, I'm embarrassed to say this. I think I've said it before that I used to listen to Bill Simmons' podcast, and years ago he had Malcolm. You know, you know who Malcolm Gladwell is. Yeah, yeah, he was sort the, of this that big sm- thinker, smarmy, f- yeah, fucking guy. Who um, and he was claiming he was like, I bet I could make a uh, all African basketball team. That would be, and he put Steve Nash on his. All African basketball, all Jamaican basketball team, or something. <laughs> and then he got, and then he pretty much got canceled immediately. So it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Um, that's what I was gonna. That's what you were doing to me with Adam Sandler, uh, Tony. I'm looking at the local tap house. It's like the, this is the most Instagrammable place I think I've ever seen. Um, it's very beautiful, and they do have Jester King on draft. Uh, if they've updated this draft list anytime recently, anyways. So I've seen Jester King. Revision, Tony. There is Nevada beer on draft in this fucking place, Tony. Uh, Revision, Cloud Cuddles, Hazy IPA. And you got some bottles of Dreyfontaine and Oda Creek. And yep. uh, oh, some Wildflower and some Cantillon Goose Lambic. Uh, and so. I think the other one was Bread Milk Beer. Uh, let me see if I can find it in St. Kilda. Um Milkhead, like you guys be- are doing pretty, pretty good. Milkhead Beer Store is the other one. So if you want to talk about Instagrammable, I think even Milkhead Beer Store is even more Instagrammable. This place is nice too. Oh, it's beautiful. I love a good bottle shop, man. Yep. This place rocks. All right. All right, Tony. Maybe they got Bottle Logic. They got a Bottle Logic tasting. Yep. Last end of last year. Sick. All right. We just got Bottle Logic here in Vegas, Tony. We finally wow. have Bottle Logic access. We had a tap takeover uh, uh, last week that I went to, and they have a bunch of barrel aged beer on draft all over the place. So pretty sweet. 
Uh, Tony, I actually did some fun stuff last last week on Thursday. What did uh, you get? I up scammed to? some tickets. I scammed tickets to the International Pizza Expo. Oh, um, I've been seeing that on so um, I did, TikTok. I did a little bit of a phobes. I did a little phobes. I found my way into a convention uh, without having to pay for it. <laughs> yes. Now, did mooch. I mooch? I didn't. I didn't mooch. Um, I. I guess this is mooching in a way. Does this count? I got. I. I got a. a someone found a like guest code that must have had dozens of uses. No, that's not really us. mooching. That's just so I just put the, the guest code in. I. I made up a fake marketing company that I worked for and got a badge at the, uh, at the thing for free. So, uh, puttered into this thing. Uh, it was in the big hall in the, it was in the West hall, I think in the, um, in the convention center, big fucking place. And it's, uh, Oop. I think Griff has frozen on me. Hold tight people. I should, play some music or sing to you, but I won't do that. Hold on one second, people. Be right back with you. Yeah, and it was a, uh, it was just like a big working convention, pretty much. So there's a million fucking flower companies and uh, cheese companies, and uh, uh, there's some frozen pizza companies there too, like Hormel is there, and they're just like, these are new weird-ass fucking pizza that you could eat. With like steak gums on it or something, um, but most of the flour and the uh, and the oven companies had pizza you could eat. So this is something like here's something we made in our kick-ass oven. We had a pizzaiolo come in and make this, and here's all the flours. Uh, here's what this flour would taste like. Hey, we have a whole wheat flour. Hey, you know it's a. And then um, so yeah, we were we were puttering around like eating pizza and uh, you know trying not to talk to anyone. <laughs> so you aren't there for anything. Um, I think my favorite stuff came from the tomato companies. Like there was a San Marzano tomato company there with some good shit. You know what? Uh, I it don't... was pretty cool. Pretty cool to look at. I think I think that's something you really would have enjoyed as somebody yeah. who makes pizza quite a bit. Well, that's what I was going to talk about. Is I don't normally buy into the um, sort of oh, how would I say this that. A particular pedigree ingredient just because it's from a place makes a whole whole league of difference. Yeah. I believe in quality ingredients, don't get me wrong, but I don't think there's a great deal of difference between a quality product grown in one area of the world versus right. another, other than San Marzano tomatoes. Because yeah, these taste different. There's some growing yep. setup or, or the, the age of the vines or something or the dirt. I don't know. They just taste different. Yeah, they've just got a better balance at least for canning. I don't know what they're like uncanned, but as far as a canned tomato goes, I think that is the absolute Rolls Royce and I'm willing to pay for it every single time. Yeah, I do the same thing. I love it. Yeah, in the same way. They're delicious. Um, But it was pretty cool. Uh, uh, There was also just like bread people there too. I I mean, I think it was so that if you were a pizza place owner – you could be trying all the stuff for your pizza place. So there were also like soup samples. So there's like fresh, like good high end soup producers, seafood, um, Italian, fancy Italian meats. The guys were making sandwiches with like all the fancy meats on them, the like spicy salami and everything. Uh, I left that place in pretty, pretty good <laughs> pretty state. Stuffed. I had eaten a lot of, yeah, it was pretty stuff, but 
it's pretty cool to put, to walk around that. I would go a day earlier next year um, because that's when they do the international like pizza championship. Yep. So they're all over there. Like all the, all the pizza ILOs are there competing and you do often get to try some of their wares in that, in that uh, area. So I might try to pull that off next year. We'll see. I think you need to, because that is a skill that as good as I can do pizza at home, they are the next level, their ability to formulate dough and handle dough and yeah. the touch that they have on their toppings is killer. I believe uh, actually one of our local Vegas, the, f- uh, the food truck that I love that goes to Corey's on Fridays, Signora, won either a region or won something in this in it last year. Um, I know that she has a world pizza champion like cool thing now. So she's their shit's fucking good, dude. That that place rocks. Um, Sounds amazing. Uh, we have a lot of good pizza here, but it is really good. They just did one, Tony. You would like this, I think. I don't. Maybe you wouldn't. Yeah, I usually like the tomato on pizza, right? I'm usually just not into the. I'm, I I like white pizza. Okay, I love white um, pizza. This has a little. This is like a white pizza, but with butternut squash. Ooh. Um, but none of the sweet stuff. It was like butternut squash, no. onions, uh, prosciutto, and mushrooms or something like that. And that would be nice. I would even go a bit of sage on that. That would be pretty killer too. Yeah, it was. There was some sage or some, some sort of warm herb like that on yep. there. Um, that pizza was delicious. I had that. I think I just housed the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I would house the whole thing too. No, I'm, I'm a cheese pizza uh, fan and it's not just like, four cheeses pizza i do an amazing it's taken out of a book don't get me wrong i didn't come up with this out of my own head but uh prawn pizza out of anthony falco's book that is a killer white okay. sauce that actually yeah. matches with the the shrimp that go on the the pizza i like clam pizza too like Ooh, we've talked about this new thing. haven style clam pizza all right tony it's time for everyone's favorite segment it's time for griff's xfl recap uh, this is where Griff goes to the XFL website and finds out uh, what, how many words were in the rewind uh, for the previous week and tries to see if the scores for the games are on the website yet. That's what I was going to ask. Are the scores up? And I'm going to put the line at 1,200 words this week because I think the word count's been getting smaller and smaller. He's getting edited. Yep. He's we'll set the line edited, at... Uh, 1,250 plus or minus, somewhere in that region. Well, Tony, I am on the landing. I have landed on XFL.com and along the top uh, um, nav bar here. Just uh, here, here, let's just read it out loud. We have schedule, news, standings, stats, teams, XFL today, and fan zone. And in none of and so I'm looking under stats. I'm looking under news. I'm looking under today. I'm looking under fans out. And no, Tony, you cannot see the scores. There is no way, easy way to navigate to the scores from last week's games or any of the games <laughs> from the homepage on XFL.com. Now I, I feel like this would have been that. acceptable. What in the year 1996? where you didn't have your scores up and you would have had to have used Yahoo to, to find out where to go to find XFL scores. But I don't think this is acceptable in 2003 
or 2013 or 2023 <laughs> for fuck's sake. So let's drop in the uh, uh, let's get let's get a word count here. Oh, Tony, Tony, the editor was out to lunch this week. Uh, this week's the week seven. Um, the week seven recap comes in at three thousand nine hundred and twenty <laughs> words. And gang, if you're wondering, double spaced, dropped into an eight by eleven word document. This. <laughs> Runs you a solid 15 and a half pages. Jesus Christ. At, at 11 point font and normal margins. Normal margins. <laughs> I, I gathered uh, you wouldn't be doing anything funky with your margins. That's crazy. And uh, so we start off. The, I just want to tell you how they start this off. Um, it starts off with a quote from Cotton McKnight. Uh, Cotton McKnight was the announcer in the movie Dodgeball. Yes. Uh, that's how that starts. And uh, then it just go, just takes off from there, baby. See, this uh, is why I think they're the- using chat GPT. They're like, write me a 3,000-word essay on this week's XFL games. Here were the results um, in the style of Cotton McKnight. <laughs> I mean, I, I might – maybe I'll try it. Um so uh, here's here's your scores from last week, Tony. Uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons uh, beat the Arlington Renegades twenty four to fifteen. This one appears to have some Taylor Swift references in it. Uh, then you have the Vegas Vipers collecting, I think, their second win of the season uh, over the San Antonio Brahmas twenty six to twelve. Uh, go, go, go! Come on, Fang Gang, let's do it. Uh, Saturday, it was the April. Sorry, April. It was the April. Uh, it was the Orlando Guardians over the DC Defenders. Now, here's a good game: thirty-seven to thirty-six. Tony, look at that. Wow, that's fun. That might have been fun to watch. Um, and then uh, maybe uh, it did feature eight hundred and eighty-eight yards of total offense, with the quarterbacks combining for seven touchdowns and no picks. Hey, all right. And then uh, St. Louis beat Houston 24 to 15. So the, the Battle Hawks are uh, well on their way to another successful season. Tony, that is the XFL recap. Man, 4,000 words, huh? And he can go, he goes, he goes four or five paragraphs on every. I mean, this, this, this DC Orlando game, he goes. He has four four full pages <laughs> on that. You gotta, you gotta give it up for this guy. This man is a this man is a beast of the written word. Gotta give it up. All right, Tony. Let's move on. How about we go check out what's going on on our Discord, huh? Let's go and do that. I've gone too far. You don't want those theme songs. You want these ones. <laughs> All right, I, this one I, I I do want to go back to something from Nick Tork from a couple weeks ago, real quick. Okay. Um, I don't think we talked about this. Um, he went past or he lo- lo- navigated or located a place called Bankhouse Brewery. It's the smallest brewery in Australia. He missed it on his Western Loop. Um, you have to phone the guy and tell him to open up because you want a beer. 
that's <laughs> goes on a bankhouse brewery. So I'm actually kind of fascinated by that. Uh, it did turn out that a new brewery had opened on Saturday in Melbourne. I don't know if you ran into this one. This one's called Local Brewing Co. No. Um, it's in Clifton Hill. I do know where Clifton and, Hill is. Uh, they, uh, it's the second. Oh, it's the second brewery in Clifton Hill. And they're going to make uh, XPA IPA lager. Um, who knows what after that, but looks like they've got a good setup there. So you're going to have to add that one to the list. Nick, tough break. Yep. To like oh. 140 or something or other. I don't know. I, I think this is the best place I can. I probably should type it in the Discord for Nick. Um, but I can tell you that um, Mafra is starting to get together a fuller slate of beers in the next few weeks and maybe look in a sort of six to eight weeks' time when somebody that you may or may not know has a little bit of a hand in a couple of recipes to see how those beers turn sure. out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, That's going to be interesting. I'm, I, I wonder who this person is. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. Who could Nick talk know um, in the Mafra region? Oh, God. <laughs> Just running through all the people I know in the Mafra region, uh, Bob and uh, – Marge, Harry, and Marge, Marge too. Um, next up, oh, this is I, I had sent something to Max allotment that I did not respond to, <laughs> but he has mentioned Troon Brewing before, which is sort of a very hard to find, hard to get brewery in New Jersey. They made a little beer with Omnipoyo out in Sweden, and this was called Gas Station Snacks Triple IPA. Uh, 10.3% strawberry candy, strawberry jam, Madagascar, vanilla IPA. So Troon getting into the stunt game with Omnipoyo. I love it. Um, and this, honestly, I, I don't love this style of beer, but I'm curious. I would, I would absolutely. <laughs> is that because try. it is Omnipoyo? Because, like, they are sort of I the international masters of the stunt beer. They are. And I also think, you know, they – to be fair to, um, with Omnipoyo, as I am with anyone who makes stunt beer, and some of them suck. Of course. So I just just wanted out there that there, there's, I don't this problem. This might may very well uh, suck, but it could also be good. And I, if there's anyone who's going to make it, and maybe I'll like it, it's probably those guys. Yeah, the basic um, idea seems sound because I I don't see how you can. Um, Over sweeten it, really. It seems to me like it's. It's the right group of ingredients. If there was yeah, maybe too much vanilla, could I don't believe I could drink as much of it as is in the picture. There's pretty much an entire pint there, so I think, <laughs> I think that would really eat at me. Uh, Nick is getting; to, he's starting to reach the the big numbers here with his brewery visits in in the uh, in Victoria. Yep, he went to Liberty Brewing in Cheltenham. Uh, Cheltenham. Got it. Cheltenham, a juicy juice hazy IPA lager, and sorry, and a lager, and then he uh, also went to I don't know what this brewery is. Uh, Garavelli, the brew house, I think it's just called. Yep, yeah, and then he was eating some looks like some little spring rolls, drinking BA Stout, Monk Lager, and some Thai snacks. That's cool. Uh, we had the Yara Valley at Miletos Brewhouse, Italian Pilsner and Barrel Aged RIS. Very That's, good. That's um, Yara Valley. 
Yarrow Valley, and uh, hey, Hargreaves Hill. Um, oop, they're closed, but he did go to the winery. That's pretty cool. Nice job, Nick. He's he's coming up on. He's up to 132 out of 144. He just has to get to more than the number faster than the speed that the number increases. So, yeah, well, um, there could be a few of those that he's already visited that have been knocked off the list. I don't know whether. Exit, uh, based in Melbourne, but I know Exit have pulled up stumps in the last couple of days. Um, and there, the craft beer scene in Australia is slowing down, and we're starting to see a reduction in its growth. And we, a few, are pulling up stumps. So, hey, that's the way it goes. Way it goes. We had our normal April Fools like influx of bad jokes. Most of it I hate, um, yep. but this one I loved. The uh, Pizza Port <laughs> introducing the 64-ounce Swami's IPA can. Uh, I actually am, I am not anti this. I, making a 64-ounce <laughs> can would be pretty much impossible, but um, I do love the idea of it. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in favor of the giant, giant Swami's can. Because oh, I haven't had um, Swami's. Is that a, a drinkable... Um, oh, it's a it's the, like a greatest West Coast. It's a great West Coast IPA. Yeah, so you could crush sixty four ounces, no problem. I, I, Sunday on a Sunday afternoon, take that thing down, no problem. But give me give it to me at a baseball game. That thing get me through to the seventh inning. Perfect. All good. Then get another um, one and walk out the door happy, even if you got extra innings. Perfect. Uh, Corey posted this. I need an English major to determine if this is ironic or something else. Coors spilled in the Rockies, contaminating the very waters they claim to use. Oh, God, this story is wearing me out. Um, <laughs> even better, the byline is in Paradise, Montana. So we have, um, of course, the U.S. has been dealing with a lot of train derailments lately. Yes, although uh, is hey, that because... why not one more? Yeah, is it because it's being publicized or are you actually having more train accidents? I don't know the answer. I don't know the stats, but uh, seems to be the, the thing of the mo- moment, kind of like gas stoves were a few weeks back with Fox News and it gets on every news bulletin. But I do think it is no, the very de- <laughs> definition of ironic because you, you, you weren't in a drawer looking for a knife and all you could find was a spoon because that's not ironic. Um, this, I think, is... Is irony that the the ingredient that they say is pure is polluting, yeah. or the beer that is made from this ingredient is the thing actually polluting the yeah, the rivers and the lakes. Well, it dumped a bunch of powdered clay in there too, and uh, cases of beer along the scenic Montana River. Uh, leaving cars off the tracks in a narrow century-old tunnel with limited access. Oh, uh, now. Yeah. Um, looks like on the picture here, they got some, we got some Blue Moon, we got some Coors Light. Um, you know, I'm not seeing any Coors Banquet. No. Nope. I only Doesn't saw Blue Moon and, and Coors Light. Um, mm. And then we got a... Oh man, why is this this AP website is not fun to use? And then, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the tanker the tanker with butane did not leak. Thank God. But yeah, all the beer flew in there. So I guess this is irony. Um, there you go, Coors and Blue Moon. Blue Moon is such an awful thing, huh? Yeah, it's it's really one of the most vile liquids ever invented. And there have been a lot I would of drink Coors. 
I drank a Coors a million times before I drank a Blue Moon, I think. Yep, I agree. And you posted a... Uh... I posted a little thing here. Oh, we were just talking about uh, a president here. And uh, you know I love BrewDog, and BrewDog can't not get involved. The BrewDog posted a little Instagram post here uh, of their beer called Mr. President, a defiant double IPA. For an unprecedented arrest, there's a beer for that. So, Tony, let's play a quick round of Untrapped on the BrewDog Mr. President Defiant Double IPA. Let's see if I can get a 9.2%, 150 IBU, 34.2,000 check-ins. Immerse yourself in the star-spangled banner of Big Fruit. A Cadillac of chewy toffee malt rolls down the interstate and accelerates hard into relentless bitterness with sniper bursts of apricot, mango, and pine. This is a DEFCON 1 of IPAs and all-out bedrock patriot. Hell-bent on global domination. Vote with your senses. Vote Mr. President. Exclusive to Tesco stores in the UK. Oh, oh, Jesus. This is tough. This could be anywhere. But I'm going to say 3.69. I don't think nah. people are going to like this. You nailed it, Tony. It's 3.68. Really? Oh, yes, my Nice. Nice work. And nice work. is coming back. Woo, baby. Oh, good. You got, a t- you got a tough one coming up in front of you today. So yeah, we're a sure tough do. corner of the bracket coming up. Uh, now, not to be done, outdone, Corey had to make a joke, uh, not to be outdone on the other side of the beer aisle. Kelsey Grammer's Brewery is brewing not guilty, a guilt-free non-alcoholic Pilsner, available only in a 34-pack. Now, that one I don't, 34th president. I don't think I can figure that. Thirty-fourth. Pre- who's the 34th president? Isn't he the 34th individual president? Trump, Trump was the 45th president, oh. right? <laughs> yeah, because that was Eisenhower. Maybe he's brilliant for Dwight. Um, yeah, Corey's going to have to explain that joke. We are too stupid to to compute that one. Um, was not able to was not able to piece that one together. Um, finally, I think the last thing I have here is uh, I had a little I had a little next door slash Quora potpourri pop up me last week um and this came from oh i should have blacked out her name i doxed her but that's all right um this came from luann over in whitney ranch it's near near me here um and it just says got beat up at savers so savers is like a thrift store tony it's okay like a goodwill type store. yep got beat up at savers trop and eastern security guard was trying to get this girl out of the store she was screaming and gone crazy, crazy in the store. I decided to start videotaping it, normal behavior, because the security guard was older and I felt bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence is amazing. I decided to start videotaping it because I felt bad for the security guard. What is videotaping you going to do? You're going to watch the fucking old man get his ass beat? Yeah, well, um, that'll make him be- feel better, of course, if I'm videotaping it and we can watch his, his ass getting beaten in slow motion. You can watch it, you can watch it on YouTube now. Um, she turned around, saw me, punched me three or four times in the face. Uh, the security guard grabbed her, dragged her out. She turned around, had pepper spray on her, sprayed the security guard in the face, then ran off. 
911 was called and charges were filed. Hope they find her. Person. Hair, brown, top, gray hoodie, bottom, long khaki, age 30, sex, female, physical build, skinny. Did she have so a white handle pocket knife? Anyone. Yeah. Pretty much described all people. That's always my dad's joke when, like, the news describes all people. When he's like, oh, right. that person has a white-handled pocket knife. Because <laughs> it's just right. the most generic thing ever that... This person had a uses. cellular telephone. Yeah. And, uh, and a wallet. Um, yeah, so this lady got beat up at Savers. I couldn't not, I couldn't not post getting beat up at Savers, so... Uh, she owned, she self-owned. That's the other good part. That's, <laughs> that's pretty bad. All right, Tony, why don't we move on to the logger of the week? Let's do that. Uh, there we go. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Hey, Tony, I got to go with the lager that I bought out in San Diego. Uh, oh, man, what the hell was the name of it? I don't even have it in front of me. Oh, no. Did I check it in yesterday? Um, well, while you're looking it up, shit. I had um, St. Andrew's Beach um, lager. It was okay, but I want to mention it because um, – Friend of the pod, or friend of mine, Andrew, uh, recently got uh, retrenched from their sales team because every member of their sales team got retrenched on the same day. Um, oh, no. It was an okay beer, but uh, shout out to Andrew. He may be listening. All right, so the, here's the beer. It's called Reverb Bohemian Pills. Uh, it was done by Burgeon and Ruse, Ruse from Portland. And this is a, a, with a Pearl, Saz, and Tradition Hop, GR Tradition Hops. Echoes with a slight malty sweetness that is sure to linger on your palate and make you thirsty for an encore. Uh, 4.7%. Excellent, excellent hoppy pills from. Good. Thank you, Reverb. Or from Reverb. From Burgeon. <laughs> Thank you, Burgeon and Ruse. All Ruse will be at uh, Mickler again. Can't wait. Love their love their barrel aged stuff last year. It was really good. All right, Tony. How about beers of the week? Tony, tell me what you like. What you uh, like this week? A couple of honourable mentions. Uh, the Lambic from the Foreigner Brewing Company was pretty delicious. Had that at the local tap house. Um, had Noble King, which is from Jester King, a beer that you might, might be familiar with. was pretty delicious. Okay. Uh, but my beer of the week actually goes to <laughs> Series of Dreams Raspberry from Fruit, Future Mountain Brewing and blending. It's a fruited sour. It was fucking phenomenal. Absolutely delicious. Um, bright fruit with enough complexity. Super drinkable. Uh, absolutely crushable at 5.8%. Mm. Sounds great. Uh, Tony, I'm going to hit you with a couple things here. Uh, first one is called Tight Focus. 
by Virgin. Uh, I opened this was the their New Zealand uh, West like New Zealand IPA is calling it. I guess that's a style. Um, but it was just it's Rewaka, New Zealand Cascade, Motuika, Sub Zero, Hop, Keef, and Citra. This thing is exploding with the old tropical uh, flavors there. Really, really good. Really easy to drink, too, uh, at 7%. So I was a huge fan of that. Uh, I wanted to talk about the jammy I had. I had a jammy uh, Blackberry uh, by Casey in Side Project. That was really, really good. Uh, so that I think it was just called jammy Blackberry. That was really, really, really tasty. And finally, I think this is probably the best thing I had all week. It's called Dark Star November by Bottle Logic on draft at Corey's. It is a um, bourbon barrel-aged, non-adjuncted imperial stout. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Really, really great. Loved it. Nice and simple. 13%. Yep. So good stuff this week. It was a nice week to be, uh, be here in Vegas and drink Bottle Logic. Um, they had a good pills too that that tasted great. They're C four pills. They had some good West Coast IPA on. Uh, actually, a decent a decent drinking week here. So pretty good. Sounds like we both had great drinking weeks. It was a good time, Tony. Why don't we move on to hyper beer nerd dork shit news, huh? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. And why don't I open up something, huh? Why not? Yeah. Got some Russian River. Oh. Russian River Happy Hops IPA. Let's do that. Now, has Uh, Vinny been making the move into sort of more hazy stuff lately? Is that not just sort of dank West Coast? This is not. This is dank West Coast. Okay, cool. This is this is some this is some Russian River dank West Coast right here. Um, This is just a little bit lighter than like Pliny, but this is a winner for sure. We're gonna drink that. We're gonna read about Kid Rock. Tony, did you hear about Kid Rock? Of course I heard about Kid Rock. He's absolutely killing it in the music world. Got the freshest of takes, the wokest of thoughts. Absolutely finger on the pulse. The wokest of thoughts. Um, Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, We got Kid Rock and others reacting to TikTok star uh, Dylan Mulvaney's Bud Light partnership. So... I don't know much about TikTok, Tony. I know what you can do on there. You can dance and you can do ads and you can do social. You can do your socials on there. That's cool. I'm a big fan of the um, Dylan Mulvaney uh, is a transgender uh, actor. Uh, recently her celebrated her day 365 of womanhood and said Bud Light sent her a personalized beer can to mark the milestone. So she's doing a little Bud Light partnership or sponsorship here. And Kid Rock was not too pleased about this, it turns out. Um, so Kid Rock went outside with his hat on and his uh, first annual Kid Rock f- fish fry hoodie. And he took out some kind of firearm here and shot up a case of Bud Light, <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> uh, pretty funny if you haven't seen it. I highly recommend you uh, you sit through it and watch it. Um, it is very funny because Kid Rock is somebody that you just never think about. It's just really funny. And then Aubrey, oh, Aubrey Huff. Oh, I love this guy, the <laughs> baseball player. Uh, Aubrey Huff um, 
getting mad about it. Uh, it was Seb all really Gorka good. So. gets mad about it. But my favourite is um, this T. Anthony Potter guy. Um, and there was somebody responded actually on TikTok. This is how I came to learn about this controversy. Um, and he was dumping his Bud Light and he showed his Ford truck and his Adidas cap and right. his DC shoes and the person dissecting everything that he did, he replaced his Bud Light with Cause. Cause have been an ally for 30 years for diversity, including the LGBTQ plus community. Right. Adidas, of course, do a bunch of stuff. Um, talked about having her rainbow cap on the dash. Did he have it, the same rainbow cap and all this other stuff? Like every other company he showed in there does something to um, sort of highlight diversity. But it's the classical um, boycott take, and it's often on the right when they do this. Because, like, we're not huge fans of Brewdog. We'll still drink their beer. But I can tell you what we're not going to do with Brewdog is dump their beer. We're not going to waste our own money just to – just for some political cause, because it's not actually doing anything. I reckon this guy went out and bought a fresh case of Bud Light so he could make a TikTok or a tweet that um, showed him dumping a whole case of Bud Light. That's supporting the Bud, Bud's bottom line. It's so dumb. And you can't tell me that Seb Gorka actually had fucking Bud Light in his fridge either. He went out and bought a six-pack, and he bought it in bottles. Of course he did. Uh. Dude, I was dying because Nick Nick Adams, one of my favorite accounts is this Nick Adams guy who, you know, I know you know him. Yep. Uh, his whole account, it's hard to not read it like parody. It feels like parody. <laughs> it says Nick Adams comp parentheses alpha male on it, which already you're like, this is an onion bit. Yeah, know. it is. His first post right now is Nick Adams top 100 cameo page. Book your video today. He's got a whole picture like a fucking canva he made um and uh you get in here and he's clearly boycotting anheuser-busch and he gets on here and he's got a retweet this is what from someone named ada luch um with a spanish flag here and says this is what happens when nick adams declares a boycott on your company and is anheuser-busch's stock uh just Barreling down by 0.23%. <laughs> I love it when people and, uh, isolate those graphs in such small portions of time and the fluctuation is absolutely tiny and it has nothing to do you, with what they're talking about. If you take a look at their total day outcome, uh, all of this being woke has cost them 0.045% on their, on their stock. <laughs> I love the idea that, and it does. I don't give a shit about Anheuser Busch. I no. fuck them. Their stock could go to zero. I don't fucking care. Just like Nike, just like all these companies, Disney, yeah. who fucking gives a shit? New York Times. But it's just funny that we have to sit here and like analyze these. Um, these guys are sitting here saying, "Oh, their stock price is going down. They're fucked now," as if they have any understanding of why or why it doesn't matter at all. Okay, well, uh, a take one me day back. fluctuation in time. Take me back <laughs> over the past so week and tell me if that's even in the top three days of fluctuations. And you, you in the probably... last month, their stock is up almost ten percent. So who cares? You're not even. I'm never going to matter. And everyone will forget about this in that amount of time that it would ever take their 
shit to move a meaningful number. It's crazy yep. to think about. It did. Uh, you got to be insane. I, I mean, these. I mean, clearly they're insane. Yes. But uh, and here's a Nick Adams post that you just think has to be a parody. He posted a picture of the green M M&M and M with big fucking monster titties. The M and Ms don't have titties, though. This is the thing. Look at this. He's at six. This is six hours ago. You're saying this is a real account? <laughs> no, you're if saying the green this is a real M&M account. Are sexy, is it? I don't know. It's, it's, he's, I mean, half of it looks real and half of it looks like he's just being, he's joking about right wing being, right wing shit being insane. But some of it's like, he, it sounds like he's being serious. Like, why hasn't Barack Obama been indicted for his crimes yet? And then one the next post three beats down is big titty Eminem. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. What? Uh... I don't understand. I can't. I can't tell what's happening on that. But okay. Now, are you? Uh, do you, are you aware of this? I, I think I brought this up at some point or another. He's actually born in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I know. I knew you liked this guy because he was Australian. I knew you loved him. <laughs> of course. Um, he's a Republican, and of course, was a liberal in Australia. Liberal being the Conservative Party in Australia, kind right. of that Dave Rubin school of liberalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love that. Dave Friedman. Uh, he's written a few books. Uh, he's got a book, uh, The Most Dangerous President in History, and it's got a picture of Joe Biden on it. <laughs> Just like, yet again, another thing that I'm like, is that a joke or what? Uh, I don't, <laughs> can't tell. Well, this um, is the biggest joke with this Nick Adams character. He described, this is um, in 2022, because he was talking about the um, Super Bowl show and how it should have included Ted Nugent, Kid Rock and Lee Greenwood. Okay, that's not the funny part. Part of his top ten artists, though, are from least ridiculous to most ridiculous, Jason Aldean, Wayne Mm. Newton and... Mm. The University of Tennessee Pride of the Southland Band. Marching band? Yes, as a top ten. That's the marching band that play, it plays Rocky Top. Yes. I'm familiar mm-hmm. with it. I uh I me and me and some of our some of my friends, um, and some of them being listeners, did did decide to just put the, the phrase sloppy top into Rocky top. And we felt very funny for a while. That's pretty funny. Uh, so I don't know any of the words of to Rocky top. I, I, I forget who sang it originally, but now where um, would you rate them in your like top 10 musical acts currently in the U S or in the world? The, the, the Tennessee marching band. Yes. Um, I don't think they're, you know what, I love them, but the highest I can put them is 10, I think. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think I can get them much higher than that. Um, and, and really, I think they're probably falling out of the top 10. I, uh, all the respect in the world for the Tennessee marching band and their music program. I'm sure they're perfectly capable, but um, nah, I, I think I'm, you know, it's a beautiful part of the world, Tony, Knoxville and uh, Smoky Mountains. But and have a great speedway. Out. Great speedway, great. Um, uh, the cl- the last time I was in that area, I was in Sevierville, and I went across the street to the gas station, and the the uh, guy running the gas station didn't have a shirt on, 
and just ever put one on. Um, Did he have tats? Mm-mm. Oh, really? There you go. Essentially doing a Kid Rock impression, I think. I don't, I don't know what was going on there. I think Kid Rock has tats. But, <laughs> yeah, of course he does. Um, all right, so here I am on AmericanCraftBeer.com. Uh, there's an ad on the top right here for some, like a comb. Like it's a beard knuckle comb. dusters. I'm getting Like knuckle dust. And, all right. Anyways, uh this is this this is this website has a very threatening aura. I feel like Tony, don't you think? <laughs> There's something very intimidating about this website. Everything has like that. This this all has some of that right wing imagery to me, like the 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 text that's like slightly faded, like it's yeah. a brand, the logo that looks somewhat like a brand or a wanted poster um, kind of kind of deal. Yes, even their their book that they're giving away if you sign up to their mailing list. Order your free book is kind of really threatening the way they've capitalized free there. Well, they are, they're known for being the fusion of hops and heads, I guess. And anyways, this is just a normal news story I'm trying to get at. Uh, Guinness is closing their Baltimore production brewery. So I think even recently I've talked about their, them making beer here in the States and uh, that's ending. So, uh, they had a 62-acre brewing campus, which is also home to a um, uh, another Diageo kind of production facility, too, I think. But they, um, they're closing the manufacturing facility and optimizing existing operations across North America. They will not be changing their hospitality operation there. They'll still have a tap room, and they're opening a Chicago tap room. And a tent with a ten barrel system. Uh, so there you go. I mean, the Guinness. What I, I kept talking about, like, hey, listen, they make a they make Guinness here in the states now. Nope, yep. it's over. Well, I think I had said that literally Sunday to somebody. So it's over now. But does this mean they'll cease production in the US, or they'll just brew it under contract? Because I think Guinness is brewed in Australia, but under contract, not at a dedicated facility. Or does it mean they'll import it from somewhere else, Australia know. or Canada? See, in the past, it, historically, um, before this brewery existed, I got to assume this brewery was producing product for the domestic market. I don't know yeah. if it was Guinness, but it was something. But in the uh, olden times, a, a few years ago, we just got our Guinness from the St. James Gate Brewery. It came from Ireland. Um so they make plenty of it there. It's a massive place. So uh, I don't know if that will just go back to that or if it's always been that way still and they were only making maybe different. Maybe they were making some of this experimental product. I know they did a nitro IPA that looked awful. They did some lager that didn't look very good. Um, uh, I don't know if they're, they were just only doing that or if they were producing, I don't know, Smithix or Harp or something else. But um they might just—they'll probably just start coming from Ireland again. Who I guess. There you go. Who knows? But that's over, and they're opening a Guinness Chicago tap room. Can I just encourage looks, anybody that it looks ha- beautiful? Yeah. yeah, that hasn't tried Guinness Export Stout. I know the regular stout. Oh, is foreign the, extra stout. Yeah, that shit's so good. Yeah, it's just just a killer stout. I love that beer. I think that's one of the most underrated mass market beers that. There is out there. I Are you talking really about like, the, the yellow label? It's only in a bottle. I think it's a yellow label, yeah. 
Yeah, the yellow label, like seven and a half percent. Yeah, yep. Stout. They, I, I, my understanding is, and I could be misremembering this, is that they brewed that initially for like the Caribbean, yep. um, and it was just built stronger to like get to the Caribbean. And um, I, you know, I, I, I was remember getting my like free tasting at the uh, at the brewery. I'm like, yo, you got some yellow label? <laughs> Can you give me some of that? <laughs> like, now nah, you gotta get the regular. I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. But um. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, actually, this new Chicago Guinness Brewery looks great. Looks like it's lo- going to be lovely. So we'll see if anyone takes to it. Um, Chicago, notoriously provincial, does not like anything that came from somewhere else. Um, but it does also have a large Irish population. So we'll see if we'll see if we can do it. I, I'll just note that the Ballast Point Brewery last lasted a brief moment, a brief, brief moment in time. So. Now, what there are two or at least two labels within the Guinness range. There is a West Indian Porter, which I think is the higher percent. I think this foreign export stat comes in around six percent. So okay, I, well that one sounds good too. But yeah, yep. I mean, I'll, I'll listen. I don't mind Guinness regular type. So I, oh I no, think it it's is all it is seven point five highly drinkable. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. Yep, that's the one that'll knock your ass out. And it's delicious. There you go. Tony, that's all the news I have today. I didn't, I, you know, kid, I typed beer news into Google, which is the amount of research I do for this show. And And it was just pages and pages of fucking kid rock. I am not kidding you. (laughs) So if you want to be up on the news in the world of beer, watch the fucking kid rock shooting the gun video and and then you'll be up on it. Now I heard he added sparks from off camera. Is that true? Because bullets like don't something spark. He would do. What did Kid What did Kid Rock do recently? Is he? I mean, all I know is, is <laughs> that, that was he's my got, joke um, earlier. That he's done nothing in the past. Oh, he's got nothing. Years. He's got. He opened a like fucking Kid Rock white label Applebee's in. Um, yeah, it's but, not an Applebee's. It's like a fucking shitty restaurant on Broadway in Nashville. But yeah, remember um, that that that, that refused to. Stay up with the mask mandates and everything else, but that really wasn't like that's not really noteworthy as far as a career. I'm talking about like when was the last time he covered a um a Leonard Skinner song or something and and just put a hip hop beat behind it because that was probably the, the last thing he had that was he, popular. He, he has that song that he stole the um uh, Werewolves of London. Uh, track from uh, okay now i'm pissed because the dude behind that track's absolute killer in the music industry anyway moving on from the news we've had enough kid rock We are uh, the NCAA tournament is over. Do you know who won? Um, I know Spoon lost because he hedged and he shouldn't have hedged. Spoon lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, UConn won. University of Connecticut. Nice. Uh, won. There, is that the first time they won the men's? Because enter- they're a good. No, I think program. I believe this is actually the fifth time they've won the men's. They're good at both, actually. Oh. Um. So the. Uh, 
Yukon Huskies. There was, there was a yeah, the Yukon Huskies. There there were some good upsets this year. Um, Florida Atlantic made the Final Four. San Diego State made the Final Four, uh, along with Miami and Yukon. But Tony, maybe maybe one of these days we'll get some upsets, huh? Um, and maybe today's the day. As today we do the southeast bracket, uh, southeast region of our bracket. We're 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 only going to be two or three weeks behind the NCAA tournament ending. So <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, so Tony, I got sixteen breweries from uh, an arbitrary region I have defined as the southeast. Uh, this is a region that is uh, we'll say south of Virginia, uh, but east of. Of Texas and eastward, because this does include some Texas. Okay. Um, so we have, uh, 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 you know, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia. So the Panhandle. Those are some states that are in this area. Yep. Panhandle. So ish area of America. Gotcha. I would also argue this is a part of the country I'm a bit unfi- less familiar with. Okay. Brewery wise, I've been to parts of this. Of course, we know I went to Asheville and. The Carolinas last year yep. um, uh, have a very famous a brewery that has uh, been featured on the show many, many times in that area. Um, but but some of these are, you know, Florida, I've been to a couple times, but there are some missing zones here. I could not think of any breweries in Mississippi. Uh, Alabama does have a pretty well-performing brewery in a place called Trim Tab, but they're a 10-barrel brewery that pretty much does not distribute. So um, felt a little bit out of place in this. So Mississippi. All right, we got 16. Mississippi is a, you know what? I I met up a friend who's currently living in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And he said, it's amazing. Otherwise, other than being in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, He said, everything's cheap though. He can get a house (laughs) for 85 grand. It's great. Um, So we got 16 breweries here, Tony, let's kick it off. Number one and number 16, it's a battle of Florida, a hell of South Florida. Uh, Jay, number one seed, I had Jay Wakefield. Uh, Jay Wakefield. Jay yep. Wakefield. I knew that was coming. And the number 16 seed is Fort Lauderdale's Funky Buddha, uh, makers of various pie beers. Um, and I c- believe are owned by Constellation Brands, maybe? Someone in there? Okay. Um, there you go. Jay Wakefield, the one seed, Winwood Zone, favorite of mine, and uh, Funky Buddha. Um, you are correct. The Jay Wakefield are the deserved number one seed, and I'm probably going to be riding them all the way for victory. But uh, in this matchup, they get the um, win by huge margin. All right. Interesting. Okay. Um, let me just let me just write that down because that's an important piece of information for me to have. Next up, we have the eight nine matchup. Tony, it is the eight seed is Civil Society. Tony, this is a brewery I don't know if I've mentioned too often here. Uh, they're in the they're also in South Florida. In I think their original spot is in a town called Jupiter, but they have a spot in West Palm too. Make a wonderful hazy IPA, probably the best one of the best hazy IPAs in Florida. Fresh. Um, they make some sugar stout. They make some other tasty little stuff there over at Civil Society. And then the nine seed is Austin, Texas' own Jester King. Uh, make some of the greatest beer on planet Earth, in fact. Oh, um, 
Farmhouse ales. Yep, I'm gonna gonna go with what I want to drink, and it's Jester King. Blue and Tony's bracket. Next up, five seed. The five seed is Parish. Parish was the brewery I was able to piece together from Louisiana, and I actually remembered them off the top of my head. Uh, Parish makes a very famous hazy IPA called Ghost in the Machine. Um, uh, and they make some great coffee porter and some other like hazy stuff. So good IPA brewer there. And the 12 seed is American Solera. And I don't know if you're familiar with this one either, Tony. I've actually been to this brewery. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's some former prairie guys making Solera farmhouse beer and also some, some stout and IPA and stuff. I'm going to go the five American Slayer, the 12 with American Slayer for the upset. Oh, wow. All right. I do like American Slayer. It's a great place. Next up, Tony, as we finish up the top half here, it's the four seed uh, cycle cycle brewing from ooh, uh, St. Pete, St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, near the home of the Tampa Bay Rays, Tony. There and they are go. taking the on the 13 seed Creature Comforts, who are a pretty wide ranging but very popular brewery out of Atlanta. They do, you know, I'm I, I know them most for making again like farmhouse and, and sour beer, but they do make kind of your standards too, and they're pretty popular for that. So Cycle Barrel Age Beers Cycle makes you know days of the week Barrel Age Stouts Monday, Wednesday. Sunday, all of them, you know, yep. all seven of them. They could make a beer named after him. There you go. Four and the 13. Uh, not going with the upset this time. The 4C gets through. Sorry, cycle. Cycles through. All right. Next up, uh, you know I'm attached to this one. This is the three seed is Burial. <laughs> Just put them through. Who are they up against? And then the four... The 14 is Cigar City, a oh, huge shit. name and producer of a ton of amazing beer. Speedway Step. Also, you just have to, this is the, this is the challenge with seeding this. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong on any of this stuff. I, I, it's hard when you just make a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Barry will still get through, but that is a matchup that I would have thought that would have been ranked differently. Just saying. Yeah, sure. I, I, you know, when I was doing it, I was like, oh man, do here. So all I do is I just write a list of sixteen or so, maybe twenty out, and then I just cut a few and then I rank them. Um. All right. Next up is the six seed is Bearded Iris. I think I've mentioned them on here before. They're from Nashville. Um. They make. They they're sort of in the. It's very funny. I went to Bearded Iris one the first like very early on in their development. Everything aged in ache food, uh, ache, oak fudras, and was like farmhouse beer. And then the second time I went, everything was hazy IPA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're good. They're good. They make homestyle. Uh, homestyle used to be on draft here at the thirty-two degrees bar. It was a great beer to have for free comp. It was very good. Um, so they're the number six. They're going against the number eleven seed. I was drinking some just yesterday. The uh, Live Oak, Live Oak, the Austin, Texas uh, producers of lager and barley wine. I'm going with Live Oak. I don't know. Mm. Don't ask me why, but I, I just think that Austin scene is 
Maybe because of my team. love of Alex Jones, but Austin all the way, baby. Jones. Uh, oh no, um, Ben uh, is in. Um, ben Shapiro's in Nashville, not Austin. Yes, uh, right. Joe Rogan's in number Austin. I he's think. in Austin. Yeah, oh, that's right. Because right. they've all left California the, for the heart of I Texas. Get, that is representative of what Texas was all about in Austin. That's right. <laughs> the home of concern. Well, here you go. The seven seven seed Oklahoma's Prairie, who make a lot of barrel aged stuff. They sure and do, and some sour stuff. Prairie's very good. Uh, some of the best shelf beers you can get. And then the 10 seed, uh, another North Carolina brewery, is Fanta Flora, Ooh. who make all kinds of unusual styles of beer um, and just other, you know, good stuff. Lager, sour, farmhouse, stout, barley wine, weird beers made with pretzels, uh, good shit. So Prairie and Fanta Flora, tough one. I'm going to go with Prairie here. Uh, I think Fanta Flora make. Too many weird stuff that'll drag their score down, so that's why I'm going that direction. Finally, we've got the two seed is Angry Chair. Now, Tony, how familiar are you with Angry Chair? Zero. Absolutely zero. I've never heard of this brewery. Angry Chair is from Tampa. Very, very popular for making pastry stout uh, with all kinds of adjuncts in it. Pastry stout. Um, they do make kind of other styles. They make IPA, they make, you know, other stuff, sours and stuff, but very well known for, for the big, big pastry. And they're going up against, a uh, a corporately owned brewery, uh, in number 15's Wicked Weed from Asheville. We make a lot of sour stuff. Yep. And it's often still pretty good. <sighs> Which way do I go with this? I, I can't pick another. Oh, you got a two and a 15. Yeah. I've got to go with the two, even though I know nothing about them. I'm going with the two. I trust right. your rankings, even though I picked a couple of upsets. Uh, uh, you know what? This one was a tricky one for me, so we'll see how I did. All right. Here we go. You chose Jay Wakefield over Funky Buddha. You got that right. Nice job. Jay Wakefield through to the second round. Uh, in the 8-9, it was Don't Civil Society against the, uh, Jess. Exit scores? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I should tell you that. You're right. So Funky Buddha is out uh, with a 3.89. Okay. Respectable. Pretty good. Uh, you picked Jester King over Civil Society. That was wrong, actually. Oh, no. Oh. Jester King is out early. Um, tough break, though. Jester King is out with a 4.02. I don't feel bad. I don't That's feel tough. bad at all. That's tough for them. Yep. You picked American Solera yeah. over Parish. Upset. The Ghost in the Machine Makers. And, Tony, you were wrong on that, <laughs> but you shouldn't feel too bad about that one either. American Solera, a 12 seed, leaves with a 4.09. Ran them to overtime. Brutal. Yeah, that one one ran up. You picked Cycle over Creature Comforts. You got that one right. Uh, Creature Comforts exits with a 3.99 rating. Great for a 13. Yeah. 
you picked Burial over Cigar City. Cigar City is out with a 3.88 for Cigar City. You picked Live Oak over Bearded Iris. I did. Not a crazy thing to do. Um, but unfortunately, you were wrong there. Live Oak with a is out with a 3.74, which is actually the lowest of any of these. Wow. Which is fucked, Tony. It's fucked. <laughs> Not a happy camper there. Nah, I didn't like that. And uh, last two here, you picked Prairie over Fontaflora. You got that right. Fontaflora is gone with 3.96. Highly respectable. And then you picked Angry Chair over Wicked Weed. And you got that one right. As Angry Chair is out. Sorry, Wicked Weed is out with a 3.92. I feel like this was a really tight... um scoring range mm-hmm. there was only one that was sort of down there at least um that didn't get through um so kind of an underrated region or at least the choices this, you're is, making. this, this feels that feels that way uh, next up all right round two uh still in south florida for jay wakefield they're they're in the south florida region here and they are taking on uh it's jay wakefield and civil society and Jake, um, Jay Wakefield uh, have a much so tighter got, contest yeah. in this one. Um, I'm going to say that they still get through. Um, but, yeah, they're starting to ramp up against the competition. This is getting much tighter. Next up, you've got uh, Cycle, the four seed, and Parish, the five seed. Flip a coin. Cycle, all those barrel-aged stouts, Parish with all those IPAs. My God. I feel like the barrel wins. So, like the barrel. All right, I like the barrel. Like Go with the big barrel. Cycle. He's got cycle going through. Yep. Next up, you've got the three seed burial and the six seed bearded iris. Nashville and Asheville. <laughs> uh, burial go through because it's fucking burial. All right. All right. And then uh, bottom of the bracket, it is Angry Chair, Sugar Stout, and Prairie uh, Sugar Stout, available Sugar Stout. (laughs) Sugar Stout at the liquor store versus Sugar Stout uh, by a male. Um, Prairie, I'm afraid, you're too accessible. You're going by the wayside. So you got Angry Chair going through. Okay, so. All right, Tony. The one versus eight, Jay Wakefield and Civil Society. You pick Jay Wakefield and Tony. It is our biggest upset of the tournament. What? So far. What? This is the first. What? I think this is the first one seed that I've actually had go out. <laughs> yes. Uh, as Jay, Jay Wakefield what? is out. What? what? Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. I know. I, I was surprised by this. Uh, this one really blew me away. Um, I, I don't know if it's because Jay Wakefield's maybe... My theory is that their core, they make a core. Yep. And that's often difficult to do uh, <laughs> and maintain a high ranking. They make yep. a core that's like 
El Jefe, which I love, a coconut Hefeweizen. It's fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, they make a West Coast IPA. They make a... Um, amber. Like whatever. You're like Some just, yeah, amber-type beer that you can just Brown drink. Um, and those beers get drank a lot and probably checked in a lot as being relatively... I mean, if somebody would say underwhelming, but they're good. They're very yep. good beers. And that's just, you know, beer you make for the community, and it probably did some damage to them. A civil society does that too, but it's all hazy shit, so... Civil Society goes through. Jay Wakefield is out. 4.09. Jay Wakefield. Um, Respectable next score. Up, you picked... It's a, it's a fine score. You had Cycle over Parrish. You were right there. Parrish is out with a 4.1. You had Burial over Bearded Iris. Bearded Iris is gone. You were right on that one. Bearded Iris, 4.08. And then you had Angry Chair over Prairie. Uh, you get that correct as well. Uh, Ang- uh, Prairie is out with a 4.07. So all fours. You're in the all fours range. Yep. In round two. Next up, Tony, it is our farthest ever eight seed civil society in the four seed cycle. Now, remembering I do the last two rounds together, so just making you aware mm-hmm. of that. So if they take out the one seed, I'm going to ride with the eight seed that got the upset. Ride or die, baby. Right. I know you, you say you underestimated the core beer, beers from Jay Wakefield bringing them down, but that was still a hell of a score. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking the eight seed. All right. And you got the three seed burial and the two seed angry chair. These guys, these guys are handing each other cookie stout. They can't decide which cookie stout they like more. Um, I was going nuts over here. I was going to ride all the way with you with burial, but I'm sorry, they are getting the grave dug for them. We're taking a video of them digging their own grave. Um, whether they get put in it or it's just an empty threat, I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, burial, they're getting put in the dirt at this point, at least in, in the my dirt. version of this All game. Right. Sorry, burial. Which would mean you would have a final of angry chair yep. in civil society. And because they're angry. That is some order right there for you. Yep. And because they're angry. We all know anger wins, just like Donald Trump got the mega crowd riled up. The angry chair gets the chocolates. All right. So, Tony, here you go. In Cycle versus Civil Society, you pick Civil Society. You are wrong. Civil Society had one big upset in them, but not two. Uh, Civil Society out 4.1 for Civil Society. Um, Tony, if you're ever in Florida, I recommend it. And they're across the street from some spring training baseball. You can walk over there, walk over to the ballpark, have a nice time. Uh, So Civil Society 4.1. And then you picked Angry Chair over Burial. I I don't agree with it, but you're right. Burial is out 4.1 for Burial. Um, Angry Chair stouts are bigger and thicker and meaner. But I don't think they're better. Um, yep. And Bur- Burial does also, in the Wakefield style, 
makes beers makes a year makes year round beers. Um, and they also just make sour beer and stuff, which you know some people just hate. So your final, you had civil society against Angry Chair. It ended up being Cycle and Angry Chair. You picked Angry Chair to win the whole dang thing, and you were right. Angry Chair is the winner, the two seed. We have a two seed in the finals. Uh, they beat Cycle. Cycle is out. This was a, I can tell you the numbers because we can't use untapped ratings yeah. as the deciding factor. So I can tell you the numbers. Cycle ends up at a 4.21. And Angry Chair ends up with a 4.22. Jesus. It's a hundredth of a point separating him. So Angry Chair is in the final four. Now next week we will have our final four matchups. We'll be decided on some mechanism that I have not determined yet. <laughs> uh, without having the crutch of untapped, it's really going to be tricky for me. But your final four are Angry Chair, uh, Toppling Goliath, Treehouse, in Russian River. Hey, that's four pretty good breweries, all right? Yep. And you don't even know, and you know at least two of them. Yes. I don't know how much you even know Toppling Goliath, to be honest. You probably know of Russian River Yep. and um, and Treehouse pretty well, though. Yes, yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Not bad, Tony. Pretty good work. I think you get to go out of the well because you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And 10 right, so pretty good, actually. Yep. You had a tough start there with Jester King and American Solera, um, but you, you came around in the end. Yeah, there was there was some upsets in this one. It's amazing how well you've done at seeding these. Um, perhaps next time you Wakefield need to... Wakefield blew me away, dude. Yeah. I thought Wakefield would walk with this shit. Out of, as I, okay, so the best brewery I've been to of all these... And I've actually been to most of these ones. As much as I said, I don't know anything about this area. I think I've actually been to all of these places. Um, where, which one of these hadn't I been to in the? Oh, he's gone again, folks. His internet connection shut him, shut him off. So uh, you can hear with you hear with me jibber jabbering away for a second time, but I caught it much closer. How smooth is that, man? I'm getting good at this game. He's back. Didn't even had to hit. Have to hit pause. Got to love that Vegas yeah. internet. Thank you, we the Goodman family. Uh, that was actually my own mistake. I accidentally <laughs> did hit the close uh, window. Um, <laughs> I was trying to open up the bracket again to see it. Um, all right. So which ones hadn't I been to? Uh, I think the only one I hadn't been to was Creature Comforts. Wow. That's the only one I haven't, haven't set foot in, but I have had all of their beers. So I've been to... I've actually been to the location for every fucking... Oh, no, Prairie I haven't been to. I've had a ton of Prairie beer, but I've never actually been there. Yep. Um, so there you go. The, uh, uh, I'm excited. I think I think how, whatever we decide here, it's one of those things where seeing Russian River Treehouse... Russian River and Treehouse have to stare each other down is yeah. going to be something else. That's yeah. going to be a fun matchup, whatever mechanism you use. Um, whether we score individual beers at this point and take on... I don't know, yeah. I think everybody has categories. to put it... Everybody has to put in their Pilsner or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Something insane. Yep. All right, Tony. That was another another nice episode. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find us, huh? They, they can find us on Untapped. I actually checked in beers this week. So uh, you, you can see the beers that I checked in. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. The man, 
that I was virtually looking at before he fucked up his camera is Griff AD on Untapped. You can follow us on Instagram at Beer Engine Pod, which he's a lot more competent at than he is trying to stay on a Discord call. You can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com, but it'd be nice to get another email rather than a link tree email. Or you can give us a tip and you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. I was actually smooth this week with that. Last week I was terrible at it because I'd accidentally deleted it off the document that I always read it from. Well, Tony, I just checked in my Happy Hops tag in it so you guys can check out uh, a check-in from from this moment. It's amazing. It's like something that happened in the past, but you're thinking it happened right now because I'm in your ears right now. It's wild. Uh, Very spooky, very spooky. All right, until next week, gang, uh, where we we cover the all-important real Final Four. Uh, We'll talk to you then. Bye, guys. Bye.